And I'd like to invite the rest of you to open your copy of God's life-giving word to the book of Acts. We'll be starting in chapter 1, of course, uh, being our first Sunday in Acts. And if you're using one of the Bibles we provide, it's page 909, uh, page 909 of the Bibles that we provide. And if you need a Bible, uh, you just want to update it, maybe different translation, feel free to take that from us. We would love uh, just for you to take that as a gift from Redemption Hill Church. Well, um, let me first and foremost just thank you for participating in our soup drive. So I already saw a lot of cans of soup out there. Hopefully you remembered to, to bring a can or two or 10 or 20 um, with you this morning. Uh, if you didn't, feel free just to drop, you know, a little donation in the offering basket. If you want to participate, no pressure, but uh, you can do that um, later uh, today to be able to contribute. And, uh, and then also tonight, really excited, uh, we have five different Super Bowl parties uh, scattered around greater Boston. So if you don't already have plans, uh, then please jump into one of those uh, five parties and uh, just have a great time, meet some new people, eat some good food, and watch, yes, watch our Patriots take care of business tonight for number six, huh? Come on now. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and it's not Super Bowl Sunday if the Patriots aren't playing, you know what I'm saying? So um, listen, uh, Brady and Belichick and Bob Kraft, I mean, who, who can already see them on the, the podium tonight, raising up number six? I just, you know, I just... I mean, now the, 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 the Eagles are no joke. You know what I'm saying? They're doing what they're doing, even with their backup quarterback, who's a, who's a believer. I love that guy, Foles. But, but, but even though we love him, okay, we're going to beat him down in Jesus' name, all right? So uh, listen, uh, if you haven't caught word yet, uh, the, the motto, can I say our motto as Patriots fans is not done. You, you, you've seen this, right? Not done. Done. Maybe you've bought the t-shirt. Not done. What is that communicating? It's communicating that, you know, the, the 13 wins in the regular season, they were great, but we're not done. Now, those wins over, you know, Tennessee and Jacksonville, particularly the fourth quarter comeback with Brady doing his thing once again, uh, that was great, but we're not done. Thank you. Say it with me. Hey, you know, the, the, the third time NFL regular season MVP, he's got probably more in the Super Bowls. I got to keep up. Um, how, how many does Brady have in the Super Bowl? He's won three, three NFL MVPs in the Super Bowl. He has four. Okay. It's probably going to be five tonight. Because he was someone I can't keep up. But regardless, third time NFL uh, regular season uh, MVP last night was conferred on the GOAT, greatest of all time, Tom Brady. But even still, what? We're not done, right? And so just this, I mean, aren't the, aren't the Patriots, aren't the PR office is so amazing, you know? Like, you know, um, do your job, you know, as Bilicek's saying. And then like, you know, last year it was uh, no days off. And they started selling no days off t-shirt. The irony of the parade was that most people had taken a day off to be there just to, you know, hang out and see, you know, the, the victory parade. Again. Um, but, but anyway, so this year it's, it's not done. And there's a, there's a tie, believe it or not, there's a tie in this motto to what's happening in the book of Acts. You heard Pastor Reddy talk about the Acts of the Apostles. Maybe your Bible, my Bible even says the Acts of the Apostles. But we're going to talk about so some different really titles that, that the book of Acts could have because really the, the book of Acts is the book of Jesus' ministry continuing through the Apostles by the power of his spirit. 
And so what's going on in the book of Acts is that you have Jesus showing up at the very beginning after he rose from the dead and he says, guess what? I'm not done. I'm not done. Look look at verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus, what? Began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. You see, I love the implication there in verse 1. Jesus, uh, Luke wrote about Jesus' life in his, his gospel about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. But now he's writing the second volume to communicate what Jesus is going to continue to do and continue to teach through these ordinary people we know as apostles. And so this morning, I want to give us a framework for thinking about, we're starting this series overflow. Right, overflowing. I want to give us a framework for thinking about the book of Acts as we move through in the coming weeks, okay? And the first idea that I want us to really wrap our minds around is that Jesus is the one who is overflowing, all right? Jesus is overflowing, and he's going to do that in very clear ways through his apostles. So, so, so first off, just think of the thought of the resurrected Jesus overflowing. The opening words of this book reveal both the author and the audience, okay? The author was, is not explicit here. He doesn't self, you know, identify himself, uh, but we know from, from the details in this writing, the internal evidence, as well as the, the external evidence of what's attributed to this man named Luke, okay? Luke was a physician, and Luke was a historian, and he's writing to this man named Theophilus, Okay, and some have speculated that maybe this is a pseudonym for a man's name because Theophilus means lover of God. And so maybe he was kind of hiding his identity. Maybe Luke was writing to a general audience but referring to them as Theophilus. All these things are possible. We cannot know conclusively. But what we can can, uh, probably lean toward is that Theophilus was a real person This was probably his real name. He was probably the benefactor of Luke's research that produced the first volume, the Gospel of Luke, that told about the teaching and the miracle and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, And then then also helped him research out the spread of the movement of Christianity that he records here in the book of Acts. Theophilus was probably a new convert to Christianity. And if you go back, what would be good is to go back this week and read the beginning of the Gospel of Luke because he's saying, hey, I'm presenting this orderly account for you. I've done the research. I've checked the sources. And you can have certainty of these things. So the Gospel of Luke and the the book of Acts are, are, are meant to increase our confidence in the story of Christ and the story of what he has done and what he, yes, continues to do because he's not done. And so scholars would refer to the book of Acts as well as the gospel of Luke as a historiography, 
Okay, so a lot of times you'll hear people maybe just kind of assume that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are biographies of Jesus, but they're not biographies. They don't give us every detail of his life and all the key, you know, facts of, of kind of his, his individual journey. It's more of a his, historiography. In other words, a historiography takes selected events, okay, that communicate an overarching story in a chronological or geographical presentation, okay? That's what we have in the Gospel of Luke. That's what we have here in the book of Acts. And so, uh, so what, is, what does Luke say about uh, Jesus and what he is uh, doing here um, in, in the book of Acts? Acts. Well, uh, let me just say this. The, 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 role of, the role of Acts is crucial, okay? Because not only does it give us a history of the early church, how this Jesus movement is spreading throughout uh, the, 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 the known world at that point, okay? But it also bridges the gap between the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament and provides this historical background for understanding the rest of Romans through Revelation, okay? So this is a critical book. It shows us how that Jesus was really continue, continuing the, 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 the role of, of Judaism. He was fulfilling all of Jew, uh, Jews' hopes, okay, in the would-be Messiah and uh, he, he then, um, you know, is, is, is taking them uh, forward as their uh, new leader and Messiah. And so what, what the book of Acts does is this. It gives this history of the early church, and it provides essentially a playbook for us to say, look, if this is what life looked like in the early church, then we should seek to understand it really well and seek to reflect it as much as possible as God gives us grace. And then what I love uh, a lot for us uh, just as a church right now, okay, if you, if you were not around the last couple of weeks, let me just kind of catch you up to speed, okay, we, we locked in on our 2018 vision which is seeing more of the fullness of God in us that he might overflow through us. The fullness of God in us, overflowing through us. And so if you wanted to, to find a, a place in the Bible where people are full of God and overflowing with God, well, here, here you go, all right? The book of Acts reveals a people that are so full of God, full of God's Spirit, overflowing with Him everywhere that they go, that it provides some really helpful insight into the kind of people that we want to be and the kind of church that we want to be. And so what was it that Jesus was doing in these first 40 days? Let's, let's zoom in on these, these first few verses as, as He lays this out for us, okay? Uh, Luke says, uh, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Okay, so let me just, let me just not assume and not miss the obvious, okay? Jesus is in these 40 days primarily, first and foremost, presenting himself alive. 
Okay, so if you're, if you're remotely uh, familiar with the story of Christianity, you know that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, okay? He claimed to be fully God, fully man, and he lived a perfect life, died on a Roman cross by crucifixion, and then the gospel writers, every single one of them, say that he did not remain dead, but he became undead because God raised him back to life. And so these 40 days, Jesus, over multiple days, multiple appearances, he's going in and out among the disciples, and he's having conversations with them. He's patting them on the back. He's sharing food with them. Okay, it's like this is visible bodily resurrection. Why is this so important? This is not an aberration, right? This is not uh, the disciples hallucinating, like maybe we just, we, we want Jesus to be back with us so bad that we're, maybe we're just like dreaming him up, we're seeing visions. No, Jesus appears to them by many proofs, giving them convincing evidence that he indeed is alive. And what would be really, like this would be a shame, if we went through the book of Acts and we did not catch that the focus of Acts is Jesus and the fact that Jesus is alive. So I just want to like, here's a simple encouragement for you. Um, as you read through the book of Acts this month, uh, so if you didn't ca- catch word, um, this month for 28 days in the month of February, we're going to read the 28 chapters through the book of Acts, all right? And, and so I would just encourage you, you have plenty of time to catch up. Just read a chapter, chapter two, you'll, you'll get there. Um, but, but, but every time you see the word resurrection or the theme of resurrection, I would just say underline it. You're going to see again and again and again and again. It's the focus of their message. Jesus indeed is alive. And he, he, he not only presented himself to them alive, but he continued to teach them, it says, about the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom was the theme of Jesus' ministry. If you go back to the Gospels, you can see that the first words of Jesus' public ministry were, were what? Repent, okay, that means to turn around, to have a change of mind that leads to a change of heart and life, okay? To, to turn for, why? The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is near. By the way, the kingdom is here because the king is here. Hmm. That'll preach a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus is the king, and he's bringing and he's ushering in his kingdom. And so when we read the book of Acts, I mean, go back and read. Like, if you want to, here's, here's an idea. If you want to double up, if you want to just get bold and read two chapters a day this month, um, go and read the Gospel of Luke, which is 24 chapters. I think we have 24 days left in February. Just go read Luke, and then read Acts. Luke 1, Acts 1. Luke 2, Acts 2. And see how the kingdom is taught by Jesus and the kingdom is embodied by Jesus and the kingdom is coming through Jesus. And see how it happens in Acts. So so, so check this out, okay? Um, The kingdom is really only mentioned a few times in Acts. But like good writers do, um, to help us not miss it, okay, Luke talks about the kingdom in the very first verses, and he talks about the kingdom in the very last verses. The kingdom is central. And so what what characterizes the kingdom, okay, reconciliation with God, 
All right? We're going we're gonna to see that. We're going to see it over and over and over again. We're going to see forgiveness extended to people who don't deserve forgiveness. Friendship with God now happening. We're going to see that, that, that the kingdom is about having the power through God to serve others and meet their needs. We're going to see amazing miracles happen in the book of Acts. People's lives, just like Jesus gave sight to the blind and caused the lame to walk. We're going to see these things unfolding in the book of Acts because that's what the kid, like you want to know what God cares about? You want to know what the kingdom is about? The kingdom is about restoration. The kingdom is about taking broken things and making them whole again. Sign me up. I'm glad I'm a, I'm a Christian. Yeah, it's good stuff. Jesus, Jesus appeared to reverse all of the effects of the fall. All of the effects of, of our sin and brokenness. All the divisiveness. You're going to see unity in the book of Acts. All the backbiting. All the, like he came to bring his kindness and his peace and his joy where we lacked it without his power. And so the, the, the book of Acts is about the resurrected Christ overflowing, but I think what catches us off guard is that the resurrected Christ overflows through ordinary people, like, like, like you and like, like me, all right? <coughs> hey, sorry for the cold today. I've been fighting since Tuesday. I figure if Brady can, uh, you know, take care of business with 12 stitches in his hands, I can preach through a cold. All right. That's probably my last Patriots, you know, drop. Maybe not. We'll see. But just, just for what it's worth. All right. So the resurrected Jesus is overflowing through ordinary people. Look, look, at, look at verses 4 and 5. It says, and while, while staying with them, like he's talking about the apostles, the earliest, closest followers, all right, that he's sending out. It says, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, now, now here's just the... Here's the crazy thing to me, all right? If I were God, I probably would have gone a different route, okay? Like, like Jesus is leaving, all right? We're, we're about to see him leave, all right, in verses 6 to 11. But, but Jesus leaving, and he leaves his mission in the hands of ordinary people. Wow, God, like, who, who would have dreamed that up? Like, is there not, like, another, like, better plan, like, to, to, to kind of move your mission forward all over the world? Like, God uses men and women who are very, very ordinary, okay? These, these, these people were extremely ordinary people, all right? They were unlikely suspects, they had never had any formal training in the things of religion, okay? Not much was expected from them. 
they were from Galilee. Okay, that's like the sticks, all right? So they spoke with an accent, all right? They probably wouldn't be very well-respected in Boston, uh, such an urban and cosmopolitan, you know, city like ours. Um, and, and then, you know, they spent their time, they were the, the occasions, spent, spent their time catching fish like that, that, and, and, and collecting taxes, not a great way to win friends. Um, and then even one of them, Simon the Zealot, okay, he wanted to overthrow the Roman government. That's what zealots wanted to do. They wanted to take their nation back from Rome. And so the point here is that Jesus takes a ragtag bunch of people, okay, very ordinary, very rough around the edges, and he says, look, I'm going to use you. And this is like, I'm going to use you to change the world. I'm going to use you to where in Acts 17, I can't wait to get there, all right? Um, he said there was an accusation against the early church that said, hey, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Wow. Like, like the gospel is so powerful. It's so countercultural. It's so counterintuitive. It, it flips things up like what the world values, pride and achievement and all these things. God is saying, look, um, be humble, okay, and serve others. I mean, do great things, achieve things, but do it not for your own name. Do it for my name. This is just crazy stuff that we see um, in, in the book of Acts, in the Bible. And so listen, I... I just want to say to you this morning, if, if you don't think you can cut it, you're in a great position to be used by God. Conversely, if you think that you're such a great asset to God because of your great looks and your great skills and your great intellect, be very, 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 very careful because God might pass right over you with all of And why? God delights to use ordinary people. Sometimes those ordinary people are like very brilliant people. Okay, thank you. Like, we want to plant a church in Boston. World changers live in Boston. Like, let's change the world for what the world really needs to be changed for. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but, 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 but God loves to use ordinary people because then when people look at us and say, man, they're just, they're just like me. I know deep down there's nothing really that special about me. Then all of a sudden, people begin to understand, oh, God is working through that person. Like, like God is giving them what they need to love and serve and speak and do everything that we were made to do in the very beginning. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay. What's a jar of clay? It's like a cardboard box. It's, it's just a common vessel. It's just, we have a treasure in us. It's common, ordinary people to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. That's what this is about. And so these ordinary people have an extraordinary promise. Jesus tells them to stay in Jerusalem and wait until the Spirit will baptize them with power 
to do everything that Jesus has asked us to do. And just like as a heads up, next week I'm going to spend a lot of time on spirit baptism. It can be a big kind of question mark. What does that mean? And like, am I baptized with the spirit? Is that a one-time thing? Is that a two-time thing? Is that a ten-time thing? Like, you know, and we're going to see the spirit come in a unique way at Pentecost next week in Acts chapter 2 as we finish up Acts 1 and start into Acts 2. We're going to spend more time on that, but, but listen, someone who is baptized by the Spirit, okay, immersed by the, the Spirit, covered by the Spirit, is someone who has received God's salvation, has received His forgiveness, have, is being changed by Him day by day by day, and is being used by Him in significant ways to be able to, to shine forth Christ in their everyday lives. That's part of what being uh, baptized by the Spirit is all about. And, and here's, here's just, I and mean, we'll talk more again next week, but, but listen, this is so crucial because a new day is dawning right here, right? A new day is dawning. The, the new covenant, this, this relationship that Jesus, uh, you know, was, was coming to fulfill that God had promised uh, from, from ancient days, okay? This is all unfolding right now. The promises are coming to pass. Like from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 7. Um, and I will give you, this is a promise, okay? God is saying, like, this is how I'm going to relate to you in the future. There's going to be a new covenant. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. So the book of Acts is not just the Acts of the Apostles, as if the Apostles are like, them, they, like the spotlight is on them, right? Like, no. The book of Acts is about Jesus overflowing through these ordinary people by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. You can make a stronger argument that the, the book of Acts should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit more than the Acts of the Apostles. I'm just trying to give you the full deal. The Acts of Jesus through the Apostles by the Holy Spirit, that's the book of Acts. Now you know. All right. So, so what about this? What about this power? Look at, look at verses 6 through 11. We see several things here. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. What, what, do we, what do we learn here as the ministry of Jesus continues? 
Okay, first and foremost, there was, with these ordinary people, okay, we can, we can expect that there would be some uh, maybe ordinary misunderstandings, all right? Like you, ever, like, you ever have misunderstandings, just kind of missed expectations, just not on the same page, even with people that you're really close to, even people that, you know, you've spent a lot of time with, okay? So, so the, the apostles, they ask this question, hey, is this the moment? Like, is this our time? Like, are you going to restore Israel now? And there's so much loaded misunderstanding in this, okay? Because what what the apostles were thinking, Jewish expectation for their Messiah, which means what? Deliverer is that they were going to be delivered in a physical and geographic and political sense, all right? And they thought it was hopefully going to happen like, boom, right then. But Jesus says, look, hey, listen, you don't need to worry about the timing. And oh, by the way, this restoration is going to look different than you expect. Oh, I love this. Why? Because my kingdom is not about this one nation becoming the most powerful nation which all other nations will serve But my kingdom is about this one nation going to serve all other nations with the power that God supplies it. That's good. That's really good. That's what, that's, it's, it's not about kingdom consummation, okay, but kingdom expansion. Jesus moving his mission forward through these ordinary people. So how is he going to do it? Well, he's going to do it, as we already saw in the preview uh, from about baptism with the Spirit. He's going to do it, as verse 8 tells us, by the power of the Spirit. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here's the good news, all right? When Jesus asks us to do something, anything, can I, let me change that. When Jesus asks us to do anything, he gives us everything we need to get the job done. Everything. The same spirit that empowered Jesus, that rested on Jesus, that like, by the way, everything that Jesus did was in the power of the spirit. If you read the, the gospel of Luke without understanding the spirit came to rest on Jesus, to empower Jesus, okay, um, in, in his baptism, Luke 3 into 4, when he's starting to preach and do all of these miraculous signs and wonders and good deeds, okay, it's all happening by the power of the spirit. God the spirit, like, God is Father, Son, Jesus, and Spirit. They are unified. They are completely uh, unified in, in their essence, okay, in who they are and their purpose, what they do. So the Spirit that empowered Jesus empowers us. It's, it's, it's almost, I know, it's just like, man, God. How do, we, how do we wrap? We can't wrap our minds around it. But we can believe it. <laughs> and we can trust. And we can know that, yes, God wants to do more. He wants to do more in you. Please hear that. If you're not, God wants to do more in you than you can imagine. 
You know, some preachers love, I love this. Some pre- I would have done it if I didn't read a couple other books. A lot of preachers love to say, well, you know, the Greek word here is dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. And the Spirit's like explosive power, remarkable power. And I'm not, I'm not like, I, like, again, like if I didn't have some further training and read a couple of the books, like, you know, it's, it's not a bad image, right? Like, because God is more powerful than we can imagine, all right? But let's be careful because what's happening there is we're reading a 19th century word into a first century word. And the metaphor doesn't totally stick, right? Because dynamite typically explodes things in what? A destructive way. But, but not God's spirit. You see, when God's spirit is working powerfully, he works with remarkable power to bring things back together to construct, to fortify, to strengthen. It's more helpful to know that this same word was used of the miracles of Jesus in the Gospels. This power is is now with us. It's now in us. Jesus brings power to the powerless. I I think like, because Jesus could have said a lot of things about the Spirit, right? But you will receive comfort when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're fearful. You think, the, like, they killed me. Like, remember this, right? Let, let, let me just pre a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, they killed Jesus. Why wouldn't they want to not, I mean, why wouldn't they want to kill his followers too? Right? Of course, of course the, the Pharisees, like, they wanted to squelch the movement. We see that. We're going to see that in Acts. But Jesus, I think he highlights this idea of power because he knows how weak we are. If you're anything like me, I assume you're a lot like me. You could use a little more power. You could use a lot more of God's power in your life on a day-to-day basis to to live for Him and to love Him and to serve Him. And and, and what is this power for? It's for the, 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 the witness, our witness to the fact that Jesus is alive and He's still changing lives. And so I hope, I hope what we can do is if, like if, if, if this is about kingdom expansion and, and taking this news to the world, okay, uh, then we would say like, God, I'm not moving, like, like this is what Moses said in Exodus 33, you just go read it, second book of the Bible, chapter 33, okay, like God's saying, hey, Moses, lead my people, and, and Moses knows it hasn't gone well. Because these people were rebellious and they're like crafting golden idols instead of worshiping God, this is not good. And so, and so Moses just says this bold statement back to God. He says, I'm not, I'm not moving unless your presence goes with me, with us. Hmm. Could, we, could we start living like that? God, I don't want to get up out of this bed in the morning.
I don't, I don't want to make the commute. Punch the clock. Go to class. Hang with my friends. Be a dad. Be a husband. Be a wife. Be a mom. Be a member of this community. Like, without you empowering me to do everything you want me to do for your name. This power of the Spirit is primarily as in a, and this is just, again, I'm just trying to introduce Acts here. I'm trying to help us, okay, but this is so crucial, all right? This is so crucial. The, 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 the book of Acts is about the resurrected Christ being made known. And so as, as the resurrected Christ is overflowing through these ordinary people by the power of the Spirit, they are going and they are actually communicating. They are witnessing to the fact that, yes, Jesus is alive and he is the real game changer. He is the real king and he is the one that will flip your life upside down in the best possible way. Acts 2 through 28, that's the entire book, is going to help us see that. The book of Acts is all about us being a witness to Christ. Okay, so the apostles, well, they're witnesses, right? They, what is a witness? A witness helps establish the objective facts through verifiable observation. So they're just raising their hands and they're saying, hey, yes, we saw him alive. Yes, we saw him do these miraculous works. Yes, we saw him rise from the dead. He is who he says he is God. And so now we have the opportunity to raise our hand and say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is who he said he is. Jesus has done these amazing things in my life. You should have seen me before I met Jesus. Now that once proud man, that once you know, lustful man is now humble and practices self-control. Jesus is the message. And he has given us his mission. Like I just I told the team, we do these huddles before the service, you know, where we kind of like go over the details of the, the, the plan, you know, like when the song is coming and, you know, make sure this person knows, like, yeah, your responsibility's here and, Hey, this is what, you know, this is what the word is about today, the sermon, and we're going to pray about that and pray that God really makes it stick to our hearts, you know? Because I, I can get up here for 40 minutes, and you can just leave, and nothing can happen. That's the sad facts. And so that's why we pray. That's why we pray before, you know, we pray God moving every person, God, every person. Please, God, every person. You're prayed for today. But I, I, shared, I shared with them just right over there an hour ago. So you know what? Friday afternoon, I was just kind of overwhelmed. Because I know that we can spend week after week, after week, after week in this book, 
is talking about being full of God's Spirit in such a way that we would actually be filled with His love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. To the point that we would actually have the courage, which is another fruit of the Spirit, clearly in the book, we're going to see that boldness, courage, to actually talk to people about Jesus. And, and, and here's what's overwhelming for me. If we can get to January of 2019 and be the same people. If God does not show up. I hope you hear that. To put it in very concrete terms. You may say on February 4th of 2019, I haven't talked about Jesus in the last 30 days, in the last 60 days, in the last six months, in the last year. And I don't, I don't say that as like a proud guy who's got it all together. I don't say that as a pat, like even as a pastor who's like got this on lock, and I'm like the boldest guy you'll ever meet. Okay, I love what Chandler said. I just do name Matt Chandler. He's a pastor down in Texas. He would like YouTube him. He's like shoot straight. He's so good. All right, but but he said, you know what? Um, pastors, they can be. I love this. He said they can be a beast in the pulpit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a pulpit. We've got a table here. The pulpit used to be like what preachers preach from, right? He said, you can be a beast giving a sermon and a coward in your neighborhood. Wow. Wow. So God help us. Like, God help us. God help us. Like, as we talked about last week, like, cultivate a hunger. I don't have it all together. I have big time needs. So God, fill me with your spirit. Let me dig into your word. Let me read the book of Acts in February. Man, why not? I don't know if this is for anyone, but maybe somebody just needs to read the book of Acts every stinking month this year. Something tells me I might do it. Look out. Come on. This is not a game, man. Really, like, I know it's funny, but... Like, if you read the book of Acts 11 times, I have a sneaky suspicion. I have a sneaky suspicion. If you read it with humility. You ain't going to read 11 times if you don't have a little humility, by the way. Um, I don't think. You could, but I don't think. I just have a sneaky suspicion that you will be a different person. You'll be more full of God's Spirit, and you'll be talking about Jesus in very natural ways with boldness and courage and compassion. You'll be out serving people. You'll be out doing your thing, helping the poor, being a good neighbor in the workplace. And, and just opportunities are just going to be... We take this message everywhere. Verse, verse 8 says, geographical, right? Like Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, the surrounding regions, and to the end of the, the, the earth. That, that covers everywhere. But there's also a spiritual impetus behind this, right? So, so he says, look, you start the mission, pay attention here, 
You start the mission in Jerusalem where they hate you. They want to kill you. You start right there. But then you don't stop there. You go to Samaria where you hate them. This is like Jews didn't like Samaritans, all right? So you go, and then you go to places where you've never been, which we all know, like, there's fear there. There's risk there. And so, so Jesus, like Jesus, like if you want to know what, what God is like, and we just, we just see it right here, like God loves all people. He loves, like he is not content to have, you know, a very uh, monolithic heaven. Monochromatic, is that better? Better word, monochromatic. Whatever, you get the point. You get the point? Come on, I didn't go to Tufts. No, thank you. And then, I got to wrap this up. I got to wrap it up. We, we, we not only have the power, listen, we have the confidence. We have the confidence because Jesus, like they saw him. There's three verbs there in the text. In verses 9 through 11, they, like, they, they really saw him. This wasn't a, like they saw him ascend to heaven. And then these angels show up and they say, hey, look, what are you staring up in the heavens for? Jesus is going to come back. He's already giving you the assignment. All right, go take care of business. But as you fulfill the assignment, you know that you go in, what? His authority. Wow, that's a game changer. So, so I, I'm on the team of the, the guy who is God, and he has all authority in heaven and on earth. It's been given to him, Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And he says, go. And so I go in his authority, and I can just, I can have confidence. I can have a lot, a lot of confidence. And so let me, let me just, let me just end with, with, with this. I don't know, I don't know exactly where you are today. I do know, I am convinced, God is up to something good in our church. You know what I'm saying? And like this is like this is what pastors are supposed to say, right? Like we're supposed to be leaders, we're supposed to be optimists, we're supposed to be like that's who I like God made me to be. Like I always think like next year we're gonna be like. Thousand people and two thousand people are going to get saved through our church. And other like, that's <clears throat> just how I think, right? It's how I, you know. So it's good to have some faith. But I, but I really I really believe God is up to something good, something new, something fresh. He's He is. I believe I'm hearing it. Like I'm hearing the groups. Like man, this is what happened in group. This, but this is what happened in our group. This is what happened in our group. Like God is stirring us up pouring out his spirit that we might walk in his fullness and overflow with him. <clears throat> so can we just lean into that? I'm going to invite the, the, the team up and they're going to lead us in a couple of songs. We're even going to partake of the Lord's Supper here together as we wrap up our time before we celebrate Super Bowl Sunday. All right, but this is the bigger celebration. You know what I'm saying? This is the bigger event today. Tweet that. This is, this is it. I don't care about number six like I care about this. Not even close. It's not even the conversation, all right? So can we just lean in here and ask God to do what only he can do, all right? I didn't even preach through my whole stinking sermon today. You know what I'm saying? It's just, who cares? Who cares? God move. God move us. Let's pray. God, I don't know. 
I don't know what each person needs here today specifically. (coughs) But God, I'm thankful that you do. And so, Lord, would you move in each of our hearts to give us greater desires for more and more and more of you, to give us greater desires to share the news of Jesus more and more and more with more and more and more people. God, particularly, God, would you give us a heart for for people who do not look like us? That's your heart. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're the God of all nations. Thank you that you are the God of heaven and earth, that all authority belongs to you, that we have no reason to fear. We can have complete confidence because you are God. You are our God. You are our good Father. Thank you, Father, for filling us with yourself. God, I pray that we would all step into greater faith. God, I pray that if there's anyone here today that has not said yes to Jesus, that he is alive and that now they can be alive in him. God, I pray that today would be their day. And God, I pray that for all of us who know you, that have been made alive by you, that we would actually reflect it and live like it. Thank you.